Welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast. Please be advised that the presenters may use adult language and or discuss adult situations. This podcast is not intended for younger listeners or those that may be easily offended. So if you're ready, let's go. Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Karen. And welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast. Karen, why don't you tell the listeners what the Scary Spirits Podcast is all about? The Scary Spirits Podcast joins the wildly different yet highly compatible worlds of scary movies and alcoholic spirits. What could possibly go wrong? Indeed, what could possibly go wrong? Karen, I believe this week's movie was your choice. What movie did you choose to force us to watch? (laughs) That's a nice (laughs) intro. (laughs) I'm guessing you loved the movie. Absolutely. I chose The Brain That Wouldn't Die. And Karen, why? Why might you have chosen this film? I chose this film for truly sentimental reasons. I started watching these kinds of movies because my mom liked to watch these movies. And every time I watch them, I think of her. She's not around anymore, but I'm sure she'd appreciate that I still force people to watch these kind of movies with me. And The Brain That Wouldn't Die is a movie that I remember seeing multiple times uh, at home with her. Do you remember the the cool ghoul? Yes. This is the kind of movie that he would do. If you're from Cincinnati, he was... Uh, or, or Southwest Ohio. Yeah. He, wor- he worked for Channel 19. And there was, there was a fake cool goal in Cleveland, but he didn't count. No, the real cool. My mom took us to see him once. <laughs> That's how much she loved this stuff. We actually saw him at a personal appearance. And I was pretty young, and I thought he had a turtle on, like a turtle shell on top of his head. <laughs> but I, later, when I look at pictures, I think it was a hat. It is a hat. Yes, he wore a hat. <laughs> but it looked like a turtle shell to me. And I honestly thought that's what it was. Anyway. So is it so, safe to say this was one of your mother's favorite B-horror movies or no? Well, I saw it multiple times with her, so she didn't turn it off. She's a big uh, Bella Lugosi fan, so oh. I'm not sure. I think mm-hmm. she she really liked Dracula and everything Dracula. Um, but this oh. one, these kind of movies, she would always leave on. I was going to say Bella Lugosi is not in this film. Spoilers. No, he's not. No. <laughs> Might have been helpful if he was, but, or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, you want to hear the summary? Oh, I would love to. Okay. The Brain That Wouldn't Die was made in 1962. It's a black and white unrated. A surgeon working on experimental transplant procedures seems to be on the verge of a major breakthrough with his technique, even though his surgeon father disapproves of his manner of research. While out driving with his fiancée, the doctor crashes his car and is horrified to discover his bride-to-be is decapitated. Rushing his fiancée's head to his lab, he is able to revive her where she is now living as a bodiless entity kept alive by tubes and an experimental serum. Hoping to restore his fiancée, the surgeon begins to frequent bars and gentlemen's clubs, looking for a candidate for transplanting his fiancée's head onto another body. All the while, the fiancé grows to hate her surgeon boyfriend for refusing to let her die. That was well done, I have to say. I didn't read this before I watched the movie. So you you had surprises. Oh, yeah. This was nothing (laughs) like I thought it was going to be. (laughs) I'm going to say that right up front. (laughs) Well, without reading the summary, you might be a little confused by the title. I guess. No, I don't know. That's it. It could be a zombie movie, maybe, you know, I guess zombies don't have brains. No, they, they look for brains. Yeah. Okay. I believe we have a cocktail as well that you have chosen for us to enjoy while we talk about this wonderful film. Almost forgotten the cocktail. It's an integral part. I have notes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the cocktail is called the Mad Scientist, and it's actually very simple. You just, uh, it's vodka and soda. It's basically a vodka soda, but there is a special ingredient. You need to get a pack of Skittles and separate out your favorite color and throw those separated Skittles into a cup of vodka and watch the magic happen. <laughs> I chose green, so mine looks very radioactive. Mine's Greg, purple. Yeah. I like so, purple. <laughs> Greg likes purple. I do. The color of royalty. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Mm. Mine's very sweet. I don't know about yours. Yeah, it's, I think the Skittles definitely add some sweetness. How long did you... Well, we, you have to let the Skittles infuse, right, for... It doesn't take very long, but I let well, it mine says eight infuse. to 12 hours in the direction. Yeah, I think it gets sweeter. I think I only did mine for five. I did mine 12. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to give the listeners time to gather their ingredients? Absolutely. Hold on. And we're back. So are you ready to get into this movie? Let's hit it. All right, here we go. Before even the, the title screen comes up, you hear a female voice say, let me die. That's the first thing you hear, at least on the DVD I was watching. And then we see the title screen, the brain that wouldn't die. All right, scene one opens in an operating room, a snow white operating room. I already have issues. <laughs> They're operating on a patient. Uh, the patient dies. Uh, I didn't realize that they were father and son at this point because I didn't read the description. But if you read the description, you know that the two doctors are fathers and father and son. And the son wants to take over after you know his father loses the patient. Right. So before you even go any further, there's a bag that shows that the patient is breathing. It's expanding yes. and contracting. And it just stops. And the father, as a surgeon, just kind of goes, Welp, lost him. <laughs> no CPR, no nope. attempt no. at anything. Clear. Just like, <laughs> no, none of that. Just, oh, well, he's gone. Is, when is it? 1962? So. Yeah, but something. He just throws <laughs> his arms up, hands in the air. Welp, lost another one. Yep, lost another one. Well, you get used to it after you, when you reach your surgeon of his age, I assume. I guess. Maybe. Okay, so sorry. The son does not want to give up. He says, can I try, you know, my technique? Can I have him now, basically? And the dad says, do what you want with him. I don't care. He's gone. He's dead. Do what you want with him. (laughs) So um, the father massages the heart while the son is like doing something to the brain. Although you don't see it, you just. No, but he does slice open this person and stick his hand in the body to massage the heart. We'll get back to that. Proceed. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, he does. Um, and then they start the nurse reports, oh, I get a faint pulse as the hand, the guy's hand, the patient's hand jerks, like moves a little bit. And then the, the father surgeon tells Dr. Bill, well, I'm just going to call him Dr. Bill, right? Dr. Bill Cortner, that's the character's name. Mm-hmm. The son, yes. Yep. Tells Dr. Bill, well, you know, you better be careful about what you do because he could wind up, you know, like paralyzed or something. And Dr. Bill asks his father, well, what would you rather be, paralyzed or dead? It's a good question. It is. Know. It's a toss-up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says he's been working on something like this for weeks. And then I made a note that there is zero blood anywhere. <laughs> zero. That's what I'm saying. He cut open the chest. None. No blood. The scalp is removed from this guy because you see the plastic brain in there. Right? And he Do touches you? it. I yeah. yeah. It. Oh, it's it's okay. a winner. All right. And he... he prods it with some tools see i didn't see that either so you must have watched me watching a different cut than me but that's okay i have my own personal copy (laughs) then they you know they sew the guy up sew the guy's chest up and again there's no you know there's no blood on the patient there's no blood on their hands there's no blood on them it's like you said snow white so then they go back to the washroom and they take their gloves off and wash their hands, even though there is no blood. I know. Why do they bother? <laughs> I don't know. And this is when I realized, oh, 
their father and son from their conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So then the doctor's fiance comes in. Her name is Jan. Yep. She's in white too, isn't she? Yeah, she's in white too. Like she's a nurse or something. Yeah. Was but the I didn't see impression it. I got. Yeah. Although her head was not covered, was it? I don't think it was. No. She's kind of hesitant to kiss him, which I thought was kind of weird. But well, his dad's right there. Yeah, I guess it's 1962. But she does, you know, make the comment to her future father-in-law that his grandchildren will not be test tube babies. I know. Well, did, and her because she's ready. She's ready to get busy. Right. I and got her, the feeling. Her future father-in-law says it's no. It'll be no fun to watch once you're married. I thought that was really odd too. Okay. Welcome to the family. <laughs> so the doctor Bill and his fiance Jan. They decide they're going to sneak off to the country house. The father makes a comment that, you know, since since um, his wife died, that he wanted he really wants to sell it and get rid of it. But Dr. Bill says, oh, no, you can't do that. We need that to, like, you know, get away from it all and away from prying eyes. That's right. And I made a note that Jane wants to get married quickly. And Dr. Bill says in a few weeks. And of course, Dr. Bill is smoking a Marlboro in the hospital. As he's talking to the nurse, right? As you do. Yeah, what you do. My pediatrician <laughs> smoked. I remember distinctly. He smoked when we'd yeah. go in there. Yeah, I don't, none of mine did, I don't think. So then uh, we cut to the doctor, Dr. Bill and Jan, his fiance. Oh, wait, before you go there. Yes. Dr. Bill and his dad have a conversation about the missing limbs at the hospital. Mm. Okay. Yep. And dad says to Dr. Bill, they suspect it's you. Mm. And Dr. Bill says, well, what if it is? Basically <laughs> t- tells his dad, yeah, I'm totally stealing limbs for my experiments. I mean, and his dad they're just, just says, limbs. they're going to go in the garbage otherwise. Right. And his, Why let yeah, them go to waste? If you Recycle have, those things. Right. Well, and his dad says, well, okay, I have to leave at 3.30 to go, <laughs> go to a medical conference. Like, my son okay. is taking limbs to do experiments, but I'm cool with that. I got to go to my medical conference later. Yeah. I don't think I'd be that cool of a parent if my kid was stealing limbs from the hospital. Well, if he was a surgeon. But you yeah. know me, you know, I guess I'm uptight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we cut to um, the doctor, Dr. Bill and Jan, the fiance. Mm-hmm in the doctor's car and they're speeding off to the country house in a nice car, a convertible. I made a note. It is a nice car. They did get, he did get a call from Kurt. The nurse comes in and tells Dr. Bill that something terrible has happened. That must've been when he was smoking his Marlboro. Yeah. So they have to rush to the country house. Right. And they're driving along. There's lots of road signs that say winding road, sharp turn ahead. And they kind of hit you over the head with that kind of stuff. Then I made a note that I think the car might be a Bel Air. What do you think, Karen? <laughs> I know it's an expensive car. Would you like to know what kind of car it is? I would love to know what kind of car it is. It is a 1959 Mercury Park Lane convertible. You know what it would be worth today in good condition? $80,000. Oh, my God. That's exactly it. <laughs> it is. And Karen is winning. I thought <laughs> okay. I could stump her, but no. Well, of course she's seen the movie. How many times you think? How many times you think you've seen this? Good question. At least six. I've forced many people to watch it with me. I thought it was be more than that. Mm. It's not that good, Greg. <laughs> I know. Well, don't spoil it for everybody. <laughs> so they're speeding along, and we keep seeing shots of him pushing his foot to the floor on the accelerator pedal to the metal pedal to the metal and then we see a shot of his face like in shock like oh <laughs> and there's an accident apparently and he is not thrown- apparently yeah there there's is an accident a, there's a definite accident and he is thrown from the vehicle and he rolls gently down the hill i, I said i wrote i'm noted like he landed on a cloud <laughs> yes <And> just <laughs> rolled along so he runs up to the car the car is on fire and the doctor reaches through the broken glass of the windshield i guess because it's a convertible that's the only glass there is 
There's not windows you can roll up and down? They were down. Oh, okay. Yeah. They oh, were down. yeah, because they were, yeah. She wouldn't have rolled it up as the car was yeah. flying over the side of the cliff. Right. So the doctor reaches through the glass to try to get the girl. We do see a hand come up and fall down. So he reaches in the car, grabs something, and wraps it up in his coat. His Well, his jacket, right? His suit His jacket. suit jacket. Yeah. And then he carries that thing all the way to the country home, which seemed like miles. They made <laughs> it miles. look like miles. And miles. And he's running with this thing. This We don't know what it is yet. He's, he does, than, he, he's like staggering and running because yeah, apparently ex- he's got some abdominal pain or something. He's exhausted. But he's running like he just got a handoff from Peyton Manning. <laughs> like he's cradling it. I watch a lot of football. Well, when Peyton Manning, see how I slipped my boyfriend in there. But did, did Peyton Manning really hand off a lot? No, that's why you really got to <laughs> hold on to it once you got it. But he's crazy. You know how they always say, protect the ball, protect the ball. Yeah. That's what he's running like. He's got his arms around it. I mean, you wouldn't yep. want to drop it. I made the note. It's taken a long time to get there, wherever he's yeah. going. I originally, I thought he was going back to town because the home did not look like a country home when he got there to me. Uh, my idea of country and I guess their idea of kind of like a, what is it like a castle? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big like brick thing with stairs going up to the door and all kinds of stuff. He has a nicer country home than you do. Yeah. So they run into the uh, house, right. And this is where we meet Kurt. Correct. Yes. And I made a note that finally we see some blood on the. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. Not on the jacket, but on his hands. Right. So he tells Kurt to get the room ready downstairs, right? Sterilize the tubes and equipment. Yeah. And the tubes are really a bunch of old time phone cords. (laughs) You know, back in the day, kids. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. We had wall phones or we had desk phones and they had like coiled cords that held to the the hand, the receiver, right? Where you talk and listen. Because when we were teenagers, we got really long ones, so yeah, we, we could did. go go down the stairs oh, yeah. or hide in like the closet. A 20 footer. Yeah, so you could hide. <laughs> Get away from the rents. Yep. The parental units. And talk about things you shouldn't be doing when you're a teenager. It didn't matter. You just didn't want to listen. Let them. Well, that's what I. Well, that's what they tell you me didn't, anyway. You didn't have siblings. So no, I didn't. You didn't have them call, and when they'd say, "Karen, it's a boy." <laughs> And then, you know, dad's ears would perk up. So. No, nope, never had to deal with that. Yeah, well, you missed out. Yep. So, so the there's telephone- a bunch of phone cords everywhere and there's a bo- bunch of boiling dark liquids. Right? Yes. And then on the DVD I'm watching, we cut to scene two. The clock on the wall says 20 after 10. That's how it starts on the clock on yep. the wall. Tick tock. Finally, we see a head on a table. Or as I've learned, it's called Jan in a pan. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so it's really like a pizza pan, right? With liquid in it, and her head's on top of it. I guess the liquid is the serum that's keeping her alive, or whatever, right? Yes, his special serum is injected into it. I think it might supposed to be blood. It's pretty dark, but it's very thin, so I don't know. Yep. So uh, Jan in the pan wakes up and says she remembers fire and burning. Uh, the doctor says something that he thinks he can make her complete again. I made a note. He's like a modern day Frankenstein or a 1962 Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein, right? Yes. So then we learned that he tried to, well, we, we've seen Kurt's arm by now a couple of times, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. a looker. No, it's not. It's kind of crumbled up and all crippled and withering away. And then we have to fall off. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see. And then we learned that the doctor tried to transplant that arm on Kurt and it failed. So Kurt is one of his human experiments, right? Yes. And Kurt keeps telling the doctor that he needs to check the closet because that's why, you know, he called, I guess he called the hospital, right? And told the nurse that he's got to come out immediately because there's something going on in the closet. So we find out there's a creature in the closet, some kind of creature, some one of his experiments gone horribly wrong. Yeah, we don't see it, but we hear it. And um, they keep it locked up. 
So then we cut to uh, Dr. Bill out on the town. All right, hold on a second, though. There's a couple things. First, they do mention that he has 50 hours at most. That's right, 48 hours, yeah. Yeah, 48 to 50 hours to, to find- To keep her alive, to find yeah. a body. So his goal was to find a body so that he can put his fiance's head, Jan, on a new body. So, of course, he has to go out and go wait, shopping wait, wait, though. for a there body is one now. Of, yes, <laughs> poor Bill, right? But Kurt makes a point, and I just want to mention this, that he asks Dr. Bill, what about her soul? Because hmm. he's talking about that your soul is in your brain and in your heart, is what he says. So I'll come back to that later. But I just thought that was, he's putting that out there. But yes, now Dr. Bill heads towards the seedy part of town. Yes, with the sleazy jazz music playing yes. in the soundtrack. <laughs> yes. And this is where I thought, oh my God, this was Karen's mother's one of, one of her favorite movies. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> explains a lot, doesn't it? He he winds up at this place called, I guess, the Moulin Rouge, right? At least that's what the floor mat says. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to touch it, but <laughs> that's what it says. And there's a bunch of pinup standees, cardboard standees there, and the doctor smoking another Marlboro. He walks in, and there's a woman dancing at a bar, right? Scantily clad woman. Scantily clad, yeah, a blonde basically a bikini and a feather boa or something yeah yep and um so the brunettes in one of the booths keeps giving the doctor the eye i'm guessing that this doctor is supposed to be extra handsome i guess because like the women really... are like always falling all over him it seems yeah maybe it's i don't know money i don't know he didn't seem that handsome to me i don't know dr bill starts talking to the brunette right then the blonde who was just dancing comes in after her little floor show and sits next to the doctor in the booth, and the brunette gets all upset and leaves. The doctor, Dr. Bill, follows the blonde into the dressing room. And then I, I made a note, let me die, let me die. Did we hear that again? Yeah, they cut to Jan in the pan. Oh, Jan in the pan for just a minute there? And just, yeah, just to... to While the doctor, contrast, Dr. Bill yeah. and the blonde are walking into the, her dressing room. Right. <laughs> okay. And... So then the, this, Bill, this just gets crazy right here. Well, Dr. Bill's looking at the merchandise. Yeah, he's trying, like he's, to, he's trying to. He's making her turn around. And, and did you notice he kept putting his hands on her neck? Yes. Like he kept yep. caressing her neck. Yeah, and apparently that gets her all warm, warmed up because, you know, she says, I'm over 21. Don't leave me when you get me all after you got me all warmed up. And then the brunette enters again. Apparently she's one of the dancers too, and it's time for her to do her little floor show, right? And the blonde and the brunette start fighting over this Dr. Bill. Yeah, they do. But the <laughs> brunette, I think the key, what happens is the brunette says to Dr. Bill, I'd never forget you, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he, he decides to leave because I didn't realize this because I never really paid that close right. attention. But he's there's there's too many went he's got to go cuz this ain't going to work. There's too many Witnesses. He's got to get a woman alone. Right. He's got to find the body he wants. He's got to get her alone and make sure he's not seen as the last person she's with, right? Exactly. Yeah. So then the girls start fighting and they're rolling <laughs> on the floor and, and then it cuts to two cats <laughs> on the wall, right? There's like pictures, picture yes. cats of one on a wall. I guess that means it's a cat fight. And there's yeah. even a meow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded right. like that was added in later. Yeah. And right after that, they cut to Jan in the pan. Right. And they show two batteries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two like big, like big flashlight batteries like, yeah, keeping her big, alive. Six like, big six volts or whatever. Yeah. Big square ones. Yeah. It's like. She's got the battery. She's good. <laughs> and apparently all this serum that Dr. Bill is pumping into her is giving her like the ability of like telekinesis, right? That's what it is. She appears. starts communicating with the, whatever it is that's locked up in the closet. And they do the, you know, knock once for yes, knock two for no, you know, she's talking to them. And, and so they, you already know they're, they want revenge and they're probably going to get it. 
they're having a yes there's a little foreshadowing there but i just noted i said her vocal cords wouldn't work without air going by she needs lungs to talk but whatever yeah yeah that's one of the things it's just not you know scientifically possible right yeah although i did make a note later that she's a pretty good actress actress she's probably the best actor in this whole thing yeah well She's definitely, she's the brains in this revenge plan and the creature's the brawn, you know, yeah. she's going to need some muscle. Mm-hmm. Obviously she doesn't have much. <laughs> she so. can bite him, bite his ankles or something. <laughs> if she rolls right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then on the DVD, I was watching, we go to scene three, Kurt, the assistant comes down to check on them. He says something about the closet and nothing in there. He's not, he's not afraid of whatever's in the closet. And here's where I made the note. The actress who plays the head's pretty good. She starts laughing maniacally at him. Yep. So we find she, out this assistant used to be a surgeon. Kurt used to be a surgeon, just like Dr. Bill. If there was an accident. He, he makes a um, statement that the alcoholic has his bottle. The dope addict had his needle and he had his research. So he was, I guess he's like addicted to research. Yeah. And his surgeon, he said a surgeon needs both arms, which is true. He does need both. Yeah. She does say that if he gets a body for her and he transplants it, that there'll be rejection. But that's when Kurt tells her about the new serum that he's got. Yeah. And they talk about the creature in the closet, right? How the the serum Dr. Bill is using now is better. Mm -hmm. She says a quote, which I have here, my brain burns with power. I like that one. Yeah. I use that. Yeah. I'm going to start walking around saying that my brain (laughs) burns with power because she's whatever the serum is, is giving her results. He might not ask for, she says, she feels this power building in her. And that's how she's communicating with whatever is in the closet. Right. So, so then we cut to the next morning, but okay. So Dr. Bill comes home. Yeah. Without a body. Without a body. Goes to bed. Yeah. He goes to bed. <laughs> he's, got, got, he's, he's got, got 40, 48 hours. <laughs> it's like, eh, I'll just take a little snoozer here. So we cut to the next morning and Dr. Bill has another new convertible. And he starts to troll the streets for, he's shopping for a body again. That car to me, I wrote down, looks like the Batmobile. Do you know what hey, that is? Hey, that's a good observation. Is that? Would you like to know what kind of car that is, Karen? I would love to know what kind of car that is. That is a 1959 Ford Fairlane 500 Galaxy Sunliner, which I Wait, think say Batmobile- that again. <laughs> a 1959 Ford Fairlane 500 Galaxy Sunliner, which I think is what the Batmobiles was based on. Hold on. <laughs> Baseline design of a Ford Futura. I was wrong. But it's very similar. The iconic television Batmobile was a superficially modified concept car. The decade-old Lincoln Futura owned by auto customizer George Barris, whose shop did the work. Yeah. But it does look a lot like a Ford Fairlane 500 Galaxy Sunliner. It's just that the Futura had the bubble top and windshield and all that so they didn't have to change a lot of that but the futura did have like the fins and all that shit it's or the, the fair lane it's the back end yeah that looks like it yeah because yeah. i know that i think that's what a lot of people think it is is a ford fair lane but it's not dropping the knowledge on the peeps <laughs> <laughs> and we what do you think that car would be worth today in good condition is it more or less than the other one? Give me a hint. I can't can't do that. <laughs> 120,000. <000. laughs> no, you're oh. way off. Well, 40,000. Oh. According to whatever website I was on. So the doctor pulls up this girl and apparently they know each other. She says, "Oh, it's you, Bill." 
It's oh. Donna. Is that Donna? Mm-hmm. I think it is Donna. So he ends up with another girl. So they're driving along, and then they pull up to another girl, I guess Donna's friend. And they're kind of going to the same place. So they said, hey, can we hop in your car? Originally, the doctor says, hey, do you, tells Donna, you mind if I stop by my house first before we go to this beauty pageant? Right. That the they're, body, they're all going to the, the body, body beautiful. beautiful contest. Yeah, the body beautiful contest. How convenient. Well, isn't that Dr. Bill's, Dr. Bill's day? Yeah. <laughs> so he reluctantly says, yeah, you can come with us. And now he's like, never mind. I don't need to go by my house because now there's two of you. <laughs> I don't need right. two bodies. I just need one. <laughs> right? No witnesses. Right. Make the comment about safety in numbers. The two girls do. I mean, there's, there's all the dialogue in this is all I'm, I'm, I'm going to say right now, Dr. Bill, I think is enjoying all this too much. <laughs> I think I the agree. guy's a serial killer, <laughs> you know, he, he enjoys the hunt. Well, he's a douche too. <laughs> I mean, when he's in, well, he's just, yes, he is enjoying it way too much yeah. on all levels. Yeah. The little comments he makes innuendos, you know. And the girls too, they all, they, they all do it. So they end up at this uh, beauty contest, the body beautiful contest. I made a note that I, I, I thought Betty should win. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. But the doctor seems to like Peggy. <laughs> Funny. I didn't notice any names. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Betty, Peggy. And then Donna brings up, well, they talk about Peggy and Donna says she's got the second best body I've ever seen. And the doctor is, oh, really? Well, who's who's the best body? And He's Donna, watching the whole thing just lecherously. Oh, yeah. Like, Licking his lips, biting his... Uncomfortable. <laughs> it's it's Grossness, yes. <laughs> A little overdone is all yeah. I'm going to say. But yes, so... So Doris talks about this model who's got the nicest body she's ever seen. Donna does. Yeah, Doris is the name of the model. Yeah, they talk about Doris, yeah. the model. Yeah. 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 Donna does. The nicest body they've ever seen. And then I might note that the head can read the doctor's thoughts. Like she's, I don't know, miles and miles away, right? She's still in the country cabin. He's out in the city and she's picking up on what he's doing. Well, I didn't get that. I, yeah, I know she, they cut back yeah, to her and they, and she says they must stop Bill to yeah. the creature in the closet. So you're maybe right. Yes. And then I, again, I made a note about the sleazy jazz music playing. So then the doctor drives over to the art studio where Doris is posing for photographers, right? Yeah. Probably an amateur camera club classes <laughs> yeah, doing classes classes. Yeah, She's in a bikini doing her poses, her voguing. Yes. <laughs> and the doctor checks as he walks in the door. He looks around to be sure no one sees him go in. So then my next note is that Doris hates men. Yes, <laughs> right? she does. She doesn't date men. She doesn't like men. Apparently there was an accident. And then we find that her face is scarred on one side. But Bill, wait, Dr. Bill checks all around before he goes in the front door yeah. or the door. Yeah. And there's like five guys in there. Mm-hmm. I guess they're all looking at Doris because yeah, no one noticed him. He goes in, sits down on the couch and just watches. And even Doris doesn't notice him until all the photographers are gone. Right. She says, hey, buddy, next time buy a ticket or bring a camera or whatever. Right. Yeah. Pay for a class. And he's like, oh, you don't remember me? I'm Bill. I'm Bill Cortner. She's like, oh, yeah. I guess he defended her at some point back in the day against a man or something. Yeah, that's what something. Yeah. So, um, so then we see the scar on her, her scarred up face and Dr. Bill convinces her that he and his father can help her with plastic surgery. And do you think it was acid? Do you think so, somebody, she said it was a jealous lover. Yeah. Do I don't know. Looks like an acid burn on her face. I have no idea. Just looks like a scarred up face to me. She never questions why he's there. He just starts talking to her about her face. She's never right. says, why did you stop by? Yeah, true. And he tells her that I'm going to make your face beautiful again, cut it off and give your body away. Yep. He tells her <laughs> right there. He tells her that as she grabs his leg and starts squeezing his thigh. <laughs> See. So then she goes to stop to call her girlfriend to tell her, hey, I'm going out 
I'm going up to get my face looked at with a doctor, right? Or her room. I guess it's a roommate. Calls her a girlfriend, but yeah, she says friend. Doctor stops her and says, Well, you know, she'll probably, you know, you don't want to like get her hopes up in case it doesn't work. And she'll probably want to ask a lot of questions and whatnot. So he convinces her, you know, not to call. She does want to leave a note, right? Mm-hmm. To her girlfriend that I just let her know, hey, when she comes home and she's not there, hey, this is where I'm at. Everything's cool. So she's behind a screen getting changed, and the doctor hands her a pad of pe- paper to write her note. She hands it back over the screen, and then he like takes the note and crumples it up and leaves a blank folded piece of paper on the table for the roommate to find. Because she mentioned his name in the note. Yeah. So she said, I'm going with Bill to... Again, I feel like Bill has done this sort of thing before. He does seem rather practiced. (laughs) All right. Then we cut to scene four. Well, he tells her before we go there, he tells her that his father is a fantastic plastic surgeon and can help her. And they have to go now because his father is visiting him at the country home. Oh, yeah. So they need to go immediately. Yeah. Right now. Yes. Tick tock. Yep. So we cut to scene four and we're back at the country house and Kurt comes downstairs to feed the thing in the closet. So there's a little trap door right on the closet up above, like we're like head level. Yeah. The the thing in the closet reaches his arm out through that trap door and grabs Kurt by the arm as he is trying to feed him. And he ends up ripping Kurt's arm off. Right. The good good arm. Yes. The good arm, not the bad arm, his right arm, his good arm. And the so whole then, time Jan is yelling, get him, get him, kill him, kill him. Jan in the pan. Yep. So he does rip off the good arm. Yep. And there is a lot of blood on his jacket and on his stump, right? But there is no blood. It's not squirting. No, there's no blood. Like uh, he's not dripping blood anywhere. Right? But this is the one scene that scared me as a kid. Yeah. Because when he goes up the stairs, he's yeah, he leaning goes, on the he wall. He leans on the wall, yeah. And it's a smear of blood up the up but, the stairs. Do you think that's chocolate syrup? I don't know. Possibly. It was very obvious that his arm was inside his coat. It was. He had his arm behind his. It was back in his coat. Yeah. But it was it was very dark blood. It kind of made me think it's like chocolate syrup or something. I think that was an old movie trick. Could be. And then it I was, made a note. It's um, it is a creepy scene. So he goes upstairs and he. He thrashes around upstairs for a while, right? (laughs) Then he comes back downstairs and thrashes around again for a while, and finally he drops. He made a note. It's the longest death scene ever. I said every theater kid's dream dying scene because it took forever. Yeah. Dr. Bill and Doris, right? Yes. Arrive at the country house, and she says that she trusts him with her life. Wrong. She says that. Yeah. So he tells, well, let me go uh, just sit here and relax. I'll go get us, make us some drinks. Right. So he goes back downstairs and this is where he finds, he finds poor Kurt, the assistant who had his arm ripped off. He doesn't seem to be concerned about how it happened though. No, he doesn't say anything. He just covers it with the sheet and moves on. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't wonder how did that arm get ripped off? It's hmm. a familial trait. His doctor, hmm. his dad was like, well, you're using limbs. Okay. I'm going. <laughs> So Dr. Bill closes the door on the closet, the trap door. The little trap door, yeah. yeah. But he does not latch it. I made a note of that. He just closes it. And I think I make a note later, but the trap, that door is a pretty crappily painted prop, (laughs) like a big piece of cardboard made to look like a door. Do you notice that? No, but I'm not a home haunter like you, (laughs) so. That's true. But yeah, you can tell someone tried to like do a faux wood grain on a big piece of like shipping cardboard, you know, like the thick cardboard stuff. Wouldn't pass muster at Wallace Manor Haunt. That's all. No, maybe saying. in the dark. It'd probably be all okay in the dark. If you lit it properly. Yeah, but nothing in, in bright light. So he, like, you said, like you said, he covers up Kurt and then he pours he and the girl a drink and he puts a little something, something in the girl's drink, a little special ingredient yes and here's why i note the closet door is a badly painted prop <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back he goes back upstairs gives doris her drink and then she starts 
saying, oh. oh, but wait, he says, here's to your future, whatever that might be. Yes, he does. I do remember that. I think if anyone toasted me with that, I would not drink the drink. But <laughs> then it does start to get Especially warm. after he said, I'm going to make your face beautiful, cut it off and give yes. your body away. <laughs> yes. You think she might have gotten a hint. It starts so to she, get, go ahead. It starts to get very warm. Yes, very warm. So she very starts, warm. She starts taking off her coat and I was like, huh, I wonder where this is going. <laughs> but it didn't go very far because she starts feeling, oh, I feel funny. And then the sleazy jazz starts playing again and she passes out. But first she says, Bill, you put something in my drink. <laughs> Yes. And then she passes out. Yep, then she passes out. And Dr. Bill carries her downstairs. Because he tells Jan in a pan he wants a complete woman. That's right. Wants a complete woman. So I guess he puts her on it, puts um, Doris on the table, starts getting all of his tools together. I guess he's going to, you know, cut off her head and. With a scalpel. <laughs> yeah. He says now, something about when she awakes, it will be your head or something, something weird like that. Right. He tells Jan. Yeah. But he's, he's got a scalpel. Yeah. I ain't going to work on it on your, on your know. spinal cord. I'm not a surgeon. You need like a saw. <laughs> like a bone saw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a really sharp well, machete. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you know, I, I've heard. There's lots of nerves and things in the spinal column. So you might want to do it delicately, you know. Clean, nice, clean cut. People talk, you hear things. Nice, clean cut. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The scalpel's not going to get through the bone, though. Yeah, There's no right. way. Even through... Think yeah, how but isn't, isn't, isn't your spinal column made of bones, cartilage, bone, cartilage? You'd have to be very precise. Yes. But it's oh, still he's Dr. Bill. He's been doing Dr. this for weeks. The scalpel <laughs> he has is like a half an inch. It's going to take 50 hours to do to get through everything. I suppose. Well, he's only, well, he's got 24 hours left, right? It's probably been 24 uh, hours. It's the next night already. Yeah, I guess. He went to sleep. So it was a day, part of the day, the sleazy part of the nighttime. He takes a nap. <laughs> the next day was it dark when he got to doris's i don't yeah, know i think so yeah because it seems like he was so like, yeah sitting on least... the couch against the window and it was a dark background all right so but i least... also feel like like there's not a lot of consistency <laughs> in, the, in these scenes i've noticed like all of a sudden it seems lighter or darker or whatever but so but jen jan in the pan starts getting mouthy <laughs> she does <laughs> You know, she, that's all she can do. She can blink her eyes and run her mouth. <laughs> must be stopped. Yeah. So, so the doctor do? takes some surgical tape and just tapes her mouth shut. Tapes her <laughs> mouth shut. She has no say in what she, he didn't ask her. He didn't show her pictures and say, which body do you want? He just picked one he wanted. Yeah. He picked the one he wanted. Rude. <laughs> Again, this is where I'm thinking, wow, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Karen's mom. <laughs> Always an adventure. <laughs> so the doctor ends up getting close to the door of the closet, right? And Jan's using her brain full of her, power. Her, yeah, her brain full of power, her telekinesis, her newfound gift. So the creature in the closet grabs the doctor from behind and yeah, rips he, the cardboard door off its hinges. <laughs> but he doesn't face the door. He's backwards to the door. Yeah. When he didn't lock, he didn't lock the. Right. So, so he, the creature can just like put his arm out and grab him around the neck. And then they fight with the door between them. Yeah. The cardboard door behind, yes. between them. Yeah. And they end up knocking while they're fighting. They end up knocking over a Bunsen burner or whatever. Is that the proper technical term, Karen? I don't know. I didn't see what it was, but everything <laughs> catches on fire. Yeah, I assume it's a Bunsen burner because everything does catch on fire in the room. Um, and then the creature bites the neck of the doctor. Yeah, and in the meantime, Jan is moving her lips furiously to get rid of the tape. 
<laughs> yes, she is. It's like it's quite impressive. Yeah, well, you think she could just like she didn't use her tongue. She could use some tongue action there. You know. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Push that tape right off of her lips, maybe. You and Doctor Bill. <laughs> so the creature bites Bill, and yep. he must get the jugular. Yeah, that's what I thought because it made a made a point to show that piece of flesh or whatever it was thrown on the ground with a big splat. Right. Yeah, with the chocolate syrup, probably. It looked like um, a piece of chicken that was dipped in chocolate syrup. <laughs> Something it like does. that. It was not their finest <laughs> work. It's probably what it was. And then Jan screams it through the fire as Bill's laying on the floor. I told you to let me die. And then she starts laughing. Yeah. And then the creature in the latex, latex mask <laughs> picks up. He comes out of the closet. He's out of the closet. <laughs> yes, he is. He's kind of like a hunchback. And I did find out who he was. And I guess he, he's like a big seven foot tall dude. And he was kind of famous back in the day. Like I think he was a circus guy or something. He's obviously wearing a latex mask over his head. He's got a hunchback with stuff, you know, something stuffed up. Yeah, in there. he's all put together with tissues and limbs by Dr. Bill. Right. So he picks up Doris and carries her out up the stairs while the rest of the room burns. And then there's laughing from Jane in the pan. Yes. And then credits. Roll credits. Roll the credits. The end. Come on. That's a <laughs> masterpiece. So I have questions. <laughs> much, much like you did in the monster walks. What happens to poor Doris? <laughs> Well, or the creature. Or the creature. What's he going to do? Is the He kind of looked like the Hulk with the creature from the Black Lagoon head. You know, like his clothes are all ripped up like he had changed into the Hulk. And Yeah, he, I thought he looked like the uh, big dumb dude in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, I don't know that. Kind of had like a boyish look about him, but he was kind of like messed up. Like one eye was like five inches higher than the yeah, other in the wrong spot he was <laughs> yeah. not symmetrical he looked like a pablo picasso yes he did <laughs> in a not good way right so i was wondering well what happened what does well maybe they were planning a sequel i don't know oh i guess i guess doris is okay right i don't know or does the creature take her away to be his slave i don't know who knows I guess you have to use your imagination. <laughs> and I assume the country house burns to the ground. Well, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Out nowhere. They, yeah, there's no phones made, out there. They made, he, it, he made a point to say we come out here to get away from all the telephones. and the well, He used all people. the telephone cords in his experiment. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just wondering, what, what happens to poor Doris? She lives, Greg. She's okay. Okay. But she doesn't get to fix her face. Or maybe the she? creature gave her some tissue. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe on there. Maybe the father does end up helping her, you know, because he feels bad because of how her his son tormented her and almost oh, killed her. True. So maybe the, the father surgeon, the plastic surgeon. But he's not a plastic surgeon. I think that was a lie. I think it's a lie. You think Bill was lying? <laughs> I know. Shocking. Dr. Bill? I have a slight suspicion that perhaps he might have been lying. Yeah. Again, I have to say that, yeah, he's, he has done this many times before. <laughs> I get the feeling he enjoyed it far too much. Yeah, I agree. So I looked up, not thoroughly, but the first transplant was a kidney in 1954. Yeah. And they didn't do liver, heart, and pancreas until the late 60s. So this was the early 60s. So right. I was wondering if this was some sort of cautionary tale against, <laughs> you know, transplant. Karen, Karen, I think you're giving it more credit. Than it well, that's what, <laughs> if I had to write an English paper about it, that's what I would say. You I mean, would. because that's because he, <laughs> he brought up the soul. Kurt brought up the soul. And if you took a head from one person and a body from another... Would the soul still be there or whose soul would it be? I, I did get the feeling that it was kind of a transplants and things had started happening. Right. And that this was kind of like, 
you know, a playing God kind of thing. That's what I'm trying. Yes. That's what I mean. Right. And that there was a cautionary tale. Like maybe we shouldn't be doing this. That's, and I also did look up. That's there. why I would copy off of you if we were in English class together. <laughs> <laughs> there have been successful head transplants on monkeys. Um, I read that, but they never connected the spinal cord and they, they only survived the surgery. So they, they killed so that them. Doesn't after. mean a lot. No, but they could connect the head to the body and get circulation. Yeah, but so, but they don't. And remember, there basically, was a, be a, a Jane in a pan. Can't right. move. Well, no, but you'd have a body that was great. That <laughs> you can't move. Well, do you remember a couple years ago? <laughs> you can't like feel. Five years ago, wasn't there a Russian guy that or someone had volunteered to be the first head transplant? Yeah. Was it a Russian guy? I remember hearing something about it. I don't know. I don't know. But then he backed out. Mm. I didn't know that. I do know they did. They do face transplants. Like I'm one, not going to say anything. You know, you walked right into that and I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to One person anything. got their face ripped off by a monkey and they ended up doing like a face transplant. On them. See a monkey. It's always a monkey with always us. Always a monkey. There was no monkey in this though. No. Nope. There was no will. <laughs> True. This was a broad departure for us. Way out of the left field. Yeah. Well, what did you think it was going to be about? I didn't expect all the sexploitation. It's 1962. It's a B horror movie. That's what they all are. Really? Are they really? (laughs) They kind of are. I mean, there was no Hitchcock blonde. (laughs) Well, there was the sexy dancing blonde. There was the. Um, There was. Betty, she was a blonde. <laughs> oh, Betty was a blonde. Betty, yeah, I think she should have won. But whatever, I went there to judge. It was the obligatory. <laughs> Maybe she did win. I don't know that they ever said you know who. They won. didn't. And I thought said there were rip- five finalists, and they only showed four girls. Yeah, I noticed one? that too. Okay. I think there was one behind the scenes. Okay. So, Karen, anything you were pleasantly surprised by in this film? I was pleasantly surprised by how a woman can act with just her head. I agree. That's what I would say too. She, she was, she carried the movie. She was very, she had full face makeup too. You probably wouldn't notice that. Like I didn't notice who was it, Betty. I did notice she was fully made up in the pan. I I think, was it Betty? Yeah, it was Betty. (laughs) Jan was, had a, I had to rewind a few times to get the name. So I worked hard. Yes, on this. I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, Jan in the pan, good actress. Even just playing a head in a pan. She looked like she had, her brain had power. <laughs> she yeah. conveyed that well. Yeah, she's very confident. And what, anything you were very disappointed in? Well, the science was a little difficult to watch. But science, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> science. I had a hard time with that, but yeah, I, when these kind of, I watch these kind of movies, I feel like you just have to kind of go into it, you know, with a certain level. I of... know, but you should have blood in the operating <laughs> room. It's black and white. You can use chocolate syrup. Like you said, it's a dollar yeah. 69 at the grocery store. Yeah. It's yeah. Not... I agree with the blood thing, you know, but I'm not going to, Rip on, you know, her not being able. She shouldn't be able li- to talk and breathe and all that because she has no lungs. And and it's the lymphatic system that he's working with. Yeah, whatever that means. Well, they said it was just in her neck, but you have lymph nodes all over. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I kind of agree, but I was more disappointed in the whole sexploitation thing. <laughs> Even though like, you enjoyed like, Betty. Whoa, this is not what I expect, <laughs> expected at all. And it was like, so it was like, man, cheap and sleazy, I felt. Yeah, you know but I, mean? I, I think that's the genre. Okay. So what do you think of the drink? I like the drink. I like it. I, I think, think this, it, is, this is the most dangerous of the drinks we've done. You mean you could sip a lot of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think it'd be a fun, yeah, it'd be a fun party drink. Yeah. Well, you you should say that it was a punch recipe, right? 
at least the one I found was a punch recipe that like you're supposed to use a whole bottle of vodka <laughs> and a whole bag of the, the Skittles and divide all the colors out. And, but it does say you just put one shot of, of, you know, in a glass and fill it with, yeah, it would make a good punch. And also when I was looking this up, I kept finding kids punch recipes for Halloween parties. Yeah. So I guess it's the virgin. But how would you do that? No but vodka. You, yeah, but the vodka has the color. That's true. Maybe you um, infuse it with the lemon lime sprat. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We are drinking it out of beakers too. We beakers. should. Yeah. Beakers. Yep. I just think it would be, yeah, you could hand out the beakers and you're no, supposed to. No, if you to go to our little... YouTube channel, you might see me making this drink. True. On video. It's supposed to have a, a dry ice, a tiny bit of dry ice in the bottom, but neither one of us could find that. So I may find it and refilm it though. So we'll see. We'll see. But don't drink, don't drink the dry ice. No, don't drink the dry ice. That'd be bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very bad. Very bad. So Karen, anything we've learned today, either from our comments or this film? Uh, let's see. I've learned that I can slip in a Peyton Manning reference <laughs> with something totally unrelated. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did a good yeah, job. Good like job that. with that. I'm sure he'll be proud when he listens. <laughs> yes. yes, I'm sure he will. My Peyton. <laughs> I told you what kind of cars they were and what they were worth. Yeah. If you had any questions about what a 1959 Mercury Parkland convertible would he be worth today? Well, that's the one I knew, right? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah the cost, the to yeah, the, yeah, but it's worth. Yeah, that's the one you knew. And you, but you did kind of catch that it looked like the, the other one looked like the Batmobile. It the nineteen, did. the nineteen fifty nine Ford Fairlane five hundred Galaxy Sunliner. We should. I feel like we should tell people that we drink during this. <laughs> Do you think they know that? Because <laughs> at the end, it gets a little loopy. And we should think, also mention that Greg pre-games. <laughs> no more unusual. Well. <laughs> but I, th I think it's pretty clear that, you know, we're combining horror films and cocktails. Well, I can throw out. Wait, let me throw out my new slogan. Okay. The Scary Spirits podcast, where the movies are iffy, but the drinks are solid. Yes. Solid. Or where the movies are weak, but the drinks are strong. <laughs> I like iffy and solid better. Yeah. So any idea what our next film is going to be? Our next film is Greg's choice. What is it? It is my choice. The next film is going to be The Vampire Bat, a 1933 black and white unrated film. That's all I'm going to say about it. You need to tell us what we need to gather Yes, we're going to have another themed beverage. because Like I'm going to hunt and gather these ingredients. That's what we do here. You need to tell us what we need to gather. So like we I'm need to go out yeah. <laughs> and gather. We need Bacardi rum. We need... Or any rum because they don't sponsor us right. yet. Yeah, that's true. Just any <laughs> old rum will do. Some um, ginger ale. So like just a little can of ginger ale will be enough. Just five ounces. Some of the blue curacao. I'm getting so good at saying that I now. know. Way to go. <laughs> and um, some cranberry juice. Again, not much. Just one of those little tiny cans will do. And you're going to need a splash of grenadine. So, so you need rum, ginger ale, blue curacao, cranberry juice, grenadine. And then we're going to want to garnish it with frozen blueberries or blackberries. Fancy. Yeah, I'm using blueberries. So, okay. So, will you need to put them on a toothpick and yep. go across the top of the yep. glass? And that's what you do. And the drink nice. is called the Bats Brew. Vampire Bat, Bats Brew. Nice. See what I did there? You're very clever. <laughs> we do need to thank, once again, Verse 13 for letting us use their music in our podcast. Anything else, Karen? I just want to say thanks everyone for listening and please drink responsibly. Yes. If you want to get social with us, you absolutely can. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Scary Spirits Podcast. 
Email us your questions and comments to scaryspiritspodcast at gmail.com. Search for us on YouTube at Scary Spirits Podcast and check out our website at scaryspirits.com. You can find all the recipes for our themed adult beverages in the recipe den on the website. We are especially excited about our Scary Spirits merch store. Lots of cool stuff with our logo on it. You can find the link to the store on the website. And be sure to share the love and help others find us by leaving us a five-star review. As always, thanks for listening.